let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Fulter, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. And today I'm coming to you by myself. It's just going to be a solo sode. And I'll be talking about a question that stems from a recent workshop we did. And, you know, also a common question we get from patients after we make this statement or share our opinion on this. I was recently told by a patient of mine that someone told them to apply this principle after a injury. Um, it made me cringe a little bit, and I had to do a lot of educating on, on why uh, I felt this way. So I wanted to share it with you because it is a common question. It seems to catch a lot of people off guard, especially those that are being told to do this after an injury or to help with their chronic pain by uh, professionals in the medical field or to help speed up recovery after an intense workout session, an intense game, or something down that realm. You know, and it, it may come as a surprise to you. It might be a little controversial. And if you have questions, I definitely encourage you to shoot me an email um, or hit up our social media, send us a message. But I'm definitely strong enough in my belief, and there's enough research out there to back this up. This is something that I feel more people need to hear, something that I think medical professionals need to stop preaching with, and something that needs to be better educated upon. And what is this thing? What am I talking about? If you haven't guessed it already, it's definitely uh, talking about ice, um, icing injuries and sore muscles. Simply put, I don't really recommend doing it. Um, I feel people ice too much. I feel like they think it's kind of the end all be all, the easy way out. And simply, you need to stop this. Um, and I, I know that it has its time and place. And outside of that temporary relief from pain, ice delays healing and recovery. Mind blown, right? So ice delays that healing and recovery process. So before you tell me I'm kind of full of it or that this is a crazy statement, I just ask you to hear me out. Um, I understand that old habits die hard. And for most of our listeners, you've probably been told from a young age by coaches, personal trainers, massage therapists, athletic trainers, physical therapists, doctors, that if something hurts or, for example, you have a new ankle sprain, you need to wrap a bag of ice around the area, leave it on for 20 minutes, take a 40 to 60 minute break, and repeat the entire process. And the reason you're told to do this, that you likely hear all the time, 
is that it helps reduce inflammation and that it actually jumpstarts the recovery process, quote unquote, right? You've all seen it. Athletes across every age and skill level strap on ice to their knees, uh, shoulders, ankles after every game. It doesn't matter the level of sport either. It can be from the youth athlete all the way to the professional athletes. You know, you see these guys walking off the field before they're even going back to the locker room with ice wrapped around them to help speed up that recovery process. In the rehab world, um, ATs, PTs, and Kairos use ice fairly regularly, if not every day, in their clinics and athletic training rooms. And to be honest with you, I'm definitely guilty of this. Uh, much earlier on in my career, I would bring coolers out to the practice field, have ice tubs ready to go at the rink for all the athletes to use immediately following a rehab session, uh, practice, or definitely a game. I mean, a game was a no-brainer. These, these athletes would walk up to me. I don't even know how many ice bags I've made in my time. Uh, it's, been, it's been a lot. and. I just wish I could go back at that time and redo some things, but you can't. All you can do is keep moving forward, keep learning, educating yourself, right? So that's my goal with this is not to tell anybody that they're doing things wrong, just to present more of an updated outlook, researched back way of practice, and basically tell you that icing is not as helpful as people, people think, right? So to kick this off, I, th I think it's really important to understand how all of this icing rice got started. I think it's important for you to understand the basics of the healing response um, when you do have an injury or post-workout, and definitely what I would recommend or we recommend at Movement, you do for acute chronic injuries. Um, and you know, no surprise, it's not going to be ice. Uh, I, I will not tell you to ice. Um, so to get rolling, you've all likely heard of this principle known as RICE. So R-I-C-E, not the grain, um, a principle that you apply post-acute injury or, again, workout session, hard game, whatnot. Um, and RICE stands for rest, ice, compression, elevation. It uh, unfortunately makes me cringe when people ask if they should still be doing this, but nonetheless, Rice was coined by a doctor, Gabe Merkin, in 1978. He was a Harvard physician, and you know, since he made this recommendation back then, it quickly became the gold standard for musculoskeletal injuries. Uh, the medical community jumped all over it, and it's honestly been used ever since. Like I said, you are still seeing, hearing people applying that today. Um, and what they're being told, or if you ask them why they are doing that, you'll likely be told that it helps alleviate pain, reduce inflammation, and reduce swelling, right? That's pretty common. That's typically what you'll hear. That's typically how people in the medical and health field justify telling people to apply this principle. Um, but what's really interesting is that the same Dr. Gabe Merkin that coined the term rice, the principal rice in 1978, actually came out in 2013 and basically took everything he said back. Um, I was reading something and you know, to, 
to kind of recap his words, he said that research has since found that ice can actually delay recovery and, here it is, mild movement helps tissues heal faster. And the application of cold suppresses the immune responses that start the recovery process. Boom. Right? Shocking. Actually, ice can actually delay recovery. And what's the helpful thing? Mild movement. So now the only benefit I see in ice and what I'll tell people, I am more than honest, I am upfront with that, with them, is if you are looking for quick pain relief, I understand, I definitely empathize with that, and I'm not going to stop you. However, physiologically speaking, not much is changing or improving. And I'm always going to let you know that you're likely not fixing the injury with ice, and you may actually be doing more harm than good. So to fully comprehend that, like I said, I wanted to touch briefly about what the healing process is and what actually happens. Uh, when I was in school, this was forced down our throats, uh, tattooed to our brains um, by our professor. I had multiple essay exams on the process. So hopefully I make him proud. Um, if I don't know if he listens to this, but if he's listening, I hope he's definitely going to know who I'm talking about um, and that I'm reaching out to him right now. But it's appreciated because it does help understand everything that I've already talked about. Um, and I hope that you understand it. I'm going to do my best to uh, break it down, not ramble too much, um, and break this down to its simplest form. But the main stages of healing are inflammation, repair, and remodel. So check the very first step of healing. I said inflammation. It's a normal response by the body to start healing. So if it starts the healing process, it would make sense to not stop it by icing, right? So the easiest example, I think, is looking at a lateral ankle sprain. A lot of people have dealt with this. A lot of people experience it. A lot of people walk through clinic doors with this ankle sprain. It's one of the most common injuries in athletics. It can be quite painful dependent on the severity of it. So let's just use that. So you roll your ankle, right? the outside of your ankle. It hurts like hell, and almost immediately you notice um, an egg on the outside of your ankle. The healing process basically has already started. People will see this and they'll freak out, right? Um, if it's ruled out that there's no worry for fracture or whatnot, usually the first thing, let's put some ice, get that down right away, right? But what is happening when you see this over an area of injury is our white blood cells or our inflammatory cells rush to the site of injury to jumpstart this process. Then there's something called neutrophils that go to the, the site and basically destroy bacteria, okay? And then finally macrophages are the body's tool to start removing damaged cells. Don't worry too much about those names, but the macrophages are very important. And what I want you to picture right now is I'm gonna do my best, but the best analogy I've heard is picture the Pac-Man game, right? Little Pac-Man with his mouth moving up and down, moving all around, chomping at the bit to collect all those tiny dots. That's basically what those macrophages are doing. Um, they're starting to remove those damaged cells. And while all of this is going on, there's an anabolic hormone that is released called insulin-like growth factor, or IGF-1, okay? 
The goal of IGF-1 is to get rolling on the second phase of healing. Now, this first phase, if you textbook it, it's usually 48, 72 hours, right? Um, but this second phase, once IGF-1 is in the picture, gets rolling, um, it starts, and this is where the repair and regeneration starts to happen, right? So simply stated, inflammation is the first stage to healing.